Welcome to the World Nomads podcast, delivered by World Nomads, the travel lifestyle and insurance brand. It's not your usual travel podcast. It's everything for the adventurous, independent traveler. Well, it's episode 16. Welcome. I'm Kim. You're about to meet Phil. And Phil's going to tell us which destination we're visiting this episode. Well, hello there. This episode, we're heading to the Philippines, Southeast Asian country in the Western Pacific. Do you know there's 7,000 islands that make up uh, up the entire country? Its capital is Manila, which is a bit bland. Get it? Manila. (laughs) Uh, And it's famous for its waterfront promenade and centuries-old Chinatown. And they say it's a great place to be a beach bar. I would never have thought about that, but we will explore that in in this episode. We'll look at the best islands for adventure in the Philippines. We'll also speak with JB from Will Fly for Food. Now, he and his wife love food so much, it plays a big role in their travel decisions. So we'll speak to him specifically about street food, which coincides with an article that he's written for us for World Nomads, in which he suggests we keep an open mind. Phil's not so convinced when trying Filipino street food. And we surprise the winners of the World Nomads Summer Road Trip plus travel news. And Phil, what's your quiz question? All right, it's about the Philippines. So do you know why the Philippines is called the Philippines? That's my question, and we'll have the answer at the end of the episode. We first met Sarah in our episode on South Korea, which was episode 12, by the way, if you haven't checked it out on iTunes. She and her husband are on a 20-month honeymoon, and they've got a blog, Our 21st Century Odyssey. And Sarah is about to tell us about her time in the Philippines, but when we first chatted, I asked if they'd had a fight yet. Like, seriously, honeymoon that goes for that long. No. You know, that's testing the relationship. It's testing the relationship. Well, I'm here to report that they have. And Sarah, what was it about? The gist of it was basically that we were going to watch a show on my tablet. And um, I was sitting on one end of the bed and Tim was sitting down at the foot of the bed near where the power outlets were so that he could charge his phone. And he wanted to use his phone as he was charging it um, while we watched the show. And I pointed out, you know, well, you're down at the foot of the bed. You're not going to be able to watch the show because you're not going to be able to see the screen. And he was like, well, no, no, that's okay. I, I'm, I'm good to just listen to it. And I was like, no, we can just wait until you're done charging your phone and then we'll watch it together. And he was like, no, I want to listen to the show. And I was like, well, if you just listen to the show and don't watch the show, then I'm going to end up having to explain to you all the stuff that's visually going on. And then it's less fun for me. And then eventually we ended up arguing over whether or not we were going to watch the show or not at this time. Uh. And midway through, Tim was like, well, now you can tell World Nomads we finally had our first fight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Isn't it funny yeah. when you look back on those silly things? I know. It's just... So who won? Um, neither of us. We we ended up not watching that show. And then I ac- one of us accidentally, it was actually me, I accidentally deleted it from the tablet. <laughs> In a fit of yeah. pink. Well, that's, uh, so you've got 17 months to go. I'm sure it will happen again. But as long as you can, you know, sort it out, that's great. Now, yeah. were you, your time in the Philippines, was that as part, part of your um, 21st century odyssey? Yes, that was um, part of our honeymoon. That was back in February. You spent your time sailing around in a banker, which is, just describe it because it's basically an, an outrigger, isn't it? Yes, yeah. It's, um, so traditionally there are these um, wooden sailboats Nowadays, they've been modernized in there. They have motors to help them move along, you know, more efficiently. But they still have the same structure of being kind of wooden bamboo 
Um, the one that we went on was quite large. It was made to accommodate, you know, up to 30 tourists as well as um, 10 crew and the captain. Um, but they have them, you see them all over the Philippines and they range in size from just tiny little ones that would hold maybe four or five people to the larger ones like what we were on. So you spent your time traveling um, in the banker, staying in rural villages. Tell us about that experience. Sure. So um, we booked with a tour company that does these excursions going from El Nido to Caron in Palawan, which is on the uh, western part of the Philippines. And um, El Nido and Caron are both super popular touristy destinations. Um, they're beautiful, so it makes sense that people flock there. But if you go there and you do the day trips to the islands that are immediately around there, you're just going to see a, a bunch of other tourists. And it's still a, it's a very nice experience, but it is very crowded. And um, it certainly isn't that feeling of being on a you know deserted island. Um, and, and so you lose a little bit of the magic of it that way. But being able to go on this um, trip from El Nido to Caron, we went to these very remote islands that um, some of which are completely uninhabited. There's absolutely nothing on them. And then others have small little villages uh, scattered about. And the villages have uh, a pretty small population, just maybe 100 people or a couple hundred people. And most of the people in these villages are all related. It's a few small, uh, well, a few large extended families that make up these communities. How did they receive you? Were they happy to see you? What sort of... Were you worried about making an impact on the places you were visiting? Yes, uh, that's a very good question. So we were very welcomed by the locals that we interacted with. I think one thing that we had to our advantage is that because we were part of this um, guided excursion that was being led by locals who were raised and grew up and still live in these villages, we immediately had this local connection through our crew and our captain that made us more welcome and more um, invited into these very remote areas where I think, you know, if a tourist or a traveler just showed up in their own boat and walked in, it would probably be pretty alarming to them. But because we were coming as guests of their own family members, um, we were very welcome. Yeah, but, but was it an authentic experience? Sometimes you get, we call it around here, the Disneyfication of some of these things. You go to places and it's all been set up for visitors. So, was that was real, it genuine yeah was it genuine um we both thought that it was very genuine and everyone on the uh on the experience that we were with uh felt that it was a very genuine experience um they weren't putting on a show for us at all we show up and they're very much just living their daily lives and they're very nice and welcoming but they're also um, not that they don't care that we're there, but they... They're busy. You know, they just continue they're busy. I'm, I'm, I'm busy living. Get out of my way. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And so they were very nice. And when um, one of our guides would come and introduce us, they would chat with us for a few minutes, but then they would just go back there, back to their lives. And, you know, when we showed up on one of the islands, um, some of the villagers were busy preparing a pig for... Um, for, for dinner. And so there was the body, the carcass of the pig laying out with all of his intestines in a pile beside him. And the pig was covered in blood and they were just busy doing that. And they kind of, you know, nodded to us, waved at us, said hello, and then just carried on butchering the pig. So best experience uh, as part of that traveling around the islands? Um, honestly, I think it was getting to know the crew and the guides that we had on the boat with us. These are all um, 
young men and, and one woman as part of the crew as well who were raised and grew up in these really rural communities. Most of them didn't speak English until they started working on these boats. And um, they would just tell us about, you know, what their lives were like prior to coming to work for this company that does these trips from El Nido to Caron. And they would be telling us about the fishing culture there and, you know, how most of the men in these villages uh, become fishermen and they do this starting at a pretty young age. And it's very grueling, difficult work where they'll be gone for several days at a time out on fishing trips. And so it pulls them, you know, away from their homes and their families. But then if they are fishing back at home, they'll be setting traps underwater using this kind of makeshift scuba diving system. Um, look, uh, the Philippines gets a lot of bad press. Uh, they're very strict president cops uh, some mentions for some of the things he's doing there but a lot of people perceive the philippines as being a dangerous place was that your experience um not at all we felt very comfortable the entire time that we were in the philippines uh, granted tim and i are both pretty well traveled and we've been in in places that have that kind of reputation uh, previously um but you know we spent a couple of days in manila which i think of most of the places in the Philippines probably has one of the um, strongest reputations for being a dangerous spot. And um, we felt pretty comfortable walking around the city there. I don't think we would have gone out, you know, alone at night through some of the areas, but by and large, we were quite comfortable. You have written about your experiences in the Philippines for World Nomads. So um, you're really part of the team now, aren't That's you? That's it. And the next time you're having an argument, call us up in the middle of it, okay? (laughs) We will do that. The Philippines offers everything from top surfing breaks and stunning treks to spectacular dive sites. Tom Rogers runs Adventure in You with his partner Anna, a blog that has over half a million readers each month. Now, they offer guidebooks, travel blogging advice, and, of course, feature the best destinations for adventure travel, including the Philippines, Tom. The Philippines is full of adventure. Me and my partner, my partner's actually from the Philippines. So when we met and when we started dating, we explored all the local islands and the rural, the more kind of, yeah, off the beaten path sort of islands. We rented a motorbike in Koron and um, they, we asked, oh, is there any accommodation, you know, along this route? They're like, yeah, 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 there's a few homestays. So well, this is one of the adventures we went on. We, we got the bike, rode off um, down Koron and... We, were, we must have been riding for hours. I'm not sure how how long exactly. Um, and then when, when it was starting to get get to night, there was nowhere. There was nowhere to be found. We couldn't find any hotels, couldn't find any like Airbnbs. Or, <laughs> obviously, it's not Airbnbs wow. down there. But um, no, there was this nothing. And then we rang the guy with the, who gave us the bike, and he said, yeah, my, my brother has a house there. He'll be, he'll be happy to put you up. Um, and they're obviously, they're really friendly. So we found this guy's house. And it was like we, it was super local. There was zero, zero shops. There wasn't even, we couldn't even get food. Like that's how local we were at this point. And this guy was lovely. The local guy was amazing. He welcomed into, he welcomed us into his home. He uh, put up a bed for us and everything. And then we stayed with him for a few nights. Um, we stayed with him for a few nights. And what was really, really crazy is in the day he was trying to show off, you know, the, the area and he was so nice. He was so proud. And we rented this like, he, he, he basically gave us his wood kayak to take out and we went out on it and, and that was that was day one. And then by day two, 
we had run out, run out of food. And I mean, like, fully run out of food. There was nowhere we could go and buy any. So he was like, oh, we'll go and fish. We'll try and fish our own food. And then after a day, we hadn't caught any fish. Uh, he was really, like, you know, sad. And he was like, I'm so sorry. He felt bad. And it was it was an incredible, humbling experience to be with a local family and stuff. So we just, we just ate rice with them. Um, and then he took us off. And he owned this little bit of land on a different island. So we went exploring that. So that was a really, it was a different type of, of adventure. You know, it was more, it was more kind of really local and off the beaten path. It's not, it's not something you find in books because it was kind of, you know, we just kind of went out there. But that was a pretty epic adventure. And we've also swum with, there's like a sardine run in um, Cebu where you can go just snorkeling or you can dive if you like. And then there's just thousands and thousands of sardines swimming around you. Uh, and that's an epic experience. Not, not kind of the traditional things that you read about. Well, that's the whole point behind World Nomad. So what are the, some of the best islands for, um, for adventure? Or for, let's kick off with snorkeling and diving. Snorkeling and diving, uh, I would suggest there are some amazing places around the Cebu area and stuff, but the, we've done a lot of diving around Palawan. Uh, Koron has loads of shipwrecks. So for me, I would highly recommend going there. I, I just, I love shipwreck diving. It was one of the dives we did was quite phenomenal. We, you know, got right into the ship, and these ships are massive, some of them. And as you're swimming through the ship, it's like, obviously, it's not what I, I, I kind of, I kind of felt like I was inside the Titanic or some big ship that had sunk, and we were kind of swimming through it. It's incredible. And then there's all turtles swimming around you as well that are inside the ship going in and out. So that, that was incredible. So I would recommend, yes, to go and dive in and really dive around those areas. We'll share your story that you've written for World Nomads in our show notes, and that includes some of the best islands for water sports. But you can also do some great trekking there. Yeah, especially up north. Um, you know, up north they go all the rice fields and trekking areas. It's a bit like, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to find a good comparison, but, yeah, Sapa in, in Vietnam, which is up, up north past Hanoi, you know, it's got it's got all the rice fields and the local villages and stuff like that, and that's that's the same with up, up north Philippines as well. Right up that as well as well if you're a bit more experienced or want a bit more of an off road adventure. What's your your kind of travel philosophy, you and your wife, or you and your partner? Sorry, that's fine. Um, well, I guess we're not we're not aiming to take off countries as such. Like we don't have a goal to visit every single one of them. We just we're going to keep adventuring until we're ready to stop. And at the moment, in our next you know, three, four, five years, we can't imagine stopping. So we're just kind of, we, we're all about slow travel. We like to live and work in different places, kind of the digital nomads, you know, lifestyle and with, with some big adventures in there. We still have a lot that we want to do though. We still, there's a lot of South America that we haven't traveled and uh, Australia as well. <laughs> so we'll be over that way. Well, your philosophy certainly sits with World Nomad. So appreciate your time. Yeah, I was pretty excited about this actually. I got, uh, I started using your travel insurance. Well, when was it? I think after six months of first traveling. And then obviously when we started Adventure New, that was who we were recommending. So I was pretty excited to be on this. World Nomad Sebastian is living and working remotely for six months in South America. Not sure really how much work he's been doing, if you keep an eye on his Instagram <laughs> account. And he's been trekking with Yvonne, Corey and Drew. In this episode, he asked the group what advice they'd give their younger selves. Oh, man. The advice that I'd give my younger self is to not listen to all of the other voices that tell you, like, you should be doing this. You, um, This is what it means to be successful. This is what you should be 
be doing with your life because really all it comes down to is like do what makes you happy yeah. every day like seek that that stuff that makes your soul come alive you know and, and everything else kind of falls into place like find a way to make money you'll find a way to get by uh, I would say um, if I was going back to talk to my college self who was terrified to, to join the real world I would say it's 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 not so, I've, I've been working for about five years now and it's, it's not so bad and, and uh, not only can you get a lot of enjoyment out of work, but you're also going to have a lot of time to, to do things like we're, we're doing right now and, and take some time off and travel. And this is my fourth opportunity in the last five years to take a over two-week vacation. Don't care so much about what other people think about you. Um, just do what is cool and was fun to you. And also, like, there's not going to be a point in your life where you're like, oh, I'm an adult. You're going to be a kid. You're always going to feel like a kid your entire life. JB and Renee, they are travel eaters. They have a blog called Will Fly for Food, and it's a travel blog for the gastronomically yes, inclined. Yes, that's right. Who isn't gastronomically inclined? Who isn't? Yeah, true. <laughs> so you're currently living in the Philippines, and you're putting uh, an article together for World Nomads on um, street food in the Philippines. Can you take us you're through that? The street food, that's right, yeah. What sort of things are we talking about? Uh, I focused on a few things. Um, I thought about maybe which foods that foreigners would uh, like. Um, this is thing called inihao, which means uh, grilled food. Uh, it's like chicken, uh, offal, uh, things like that. Iconic street food like fish bowls. Quick. It's actually uh, uh, fried uh, quail eggs. Yeah, so all these things are, aren't amazingly out of the box. Not like, you know, Phil's been offered okay. guinea pig before. What should we really eat there, JV? What should we really get into on the street? Oh, well, the most notorious street food we have is uh, the, the embryos, the palut. Have you heard of that? It's no, the, but I'm already gagging. Go on. <laughs> yeah, it's, the, it's the kind of stuff that you see on Fear Factor. The duck embryos, um, not everyone can eat it, not even Filipinos. So, you know, it's... Is it crunchy? Yeah. Or? It's actually, it's not crunchy. Um, it's soft. Uh, you, can, you can see the chick, the duckling that's formed. There are no feathers, though, or anything like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, once you put it in your mouth, it's soft, and it's, it's actually quite good. We should apologise to vegans and vegetarians because in our earlier chat in this episode with Sarah, she uh, spent a lot of time on the remote islands, and she was a, a bit affronted by some of the meals that the, the villagers were cooking. One of them she described particularly was a pig, and it had all the entrails and everything yeah, everywhere. Yeah, well, they were just butchering the, the carcass, and they had all the oh, entrails yeah. out. And yeah. She was a bit confronted by that. In the Philippines, yeah, we tend to eat the whole animal, like from snout to tail. So even the, the entrails, and a lot of the entrails actually become street food. So, like, it's cured and then, uh, you know, grilled over hot coals. So it's quite good. So if you are a vegan or a vegetarian, what's on offer on the street? Yeah, Filipinos are notorious meat eaters. So, yeah, it would be kind of hard here. One of the things I enjoy about your blog is a list of, um, you call it the National Dish Quest, and you've, yes. you've gone to all the countries that you visited and all the places that you visited, which is, um, do you know offhand how many? 20. I'm not exactly sure, but yeah, it's over 20, but under 30. Yeah, but a lot of places within those countries, obviously. And and you, you talk about, I guess, na national dishes, but we get yeah. to Australia, Phil, yeah. and... There was meat pie and roast lamb, and you've scrubbed it out. Oh, it's, um, that means that we've actually had it already. So anything ah. we've, we've actually tasted it. Okay. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, we're slowly working our way down that list and having everything. There's a whole heap of dishes that you haven't tried. Yeah, actually, uh, most of the things we, we've tried are in Asia and, and North America. 
That's right. We've we spent most of our time. So. Oh, so what have we got on there? What, what dishes have we got? Uh, bat soup. Bat soup. I haven't tried that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> haven't I, pl- be, I believe that's a natural dish in uh, Palau, I think. Yes, yeah. that's okay. right. Now, in, um, in Dominica, mountain chicken. Is that a, a chicken that's raised in the mountains? I guess, yeah, maybe free-range chicken, uh, native chicken. Yeah, we have similar things here. Um, it's leaner, and actually the meat is kind of tougher. You've probably been probably been asked this a couple of times. So what's the best thing you've ever eaten? Ever eaten? Uh, my favorite food in the world is sushi. I mean, that's why I love going to Japan. Uh, we try to go at least once every year. And it's actually our goal to, to visit uh, the whole country, every uh, prefecture, because a lot of uh, sections have their own specialties, which you really can't find anywhere else. And they're so meticulous about how they make things, you know, like one restaurant will specialize in just one dish and just do that for like you're, you're not considered a master. unless You're doing it for 10 years or something like that, you know, and the quality is so high and we just love, love exploring it. Just give us a couple more on your list that you'll be sharing with World Nomads. Uh, you mean uh, Filipino street food or just yep. in general? Yep. Yeah, come Filipino on. street food. See if you can get me hungry. Come on. Not bad. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, no embryos. <laughs> No embryos. Okay, we have this thing called lugao. It's a rice porridge. Um, you can either ha- either have it with chicken or offal. You know things like intestines and you know stuff like that. No, that's um, no, that's not working. <laughs> no, that's not working. <laughs> no, no, keep going. I don't, know. We, no, I don't think. I think it's Australian. I'm not an offal. No, I'm like not, a... and I think it's it's no, us. It's popular in Australia. Well, I'm speaking mm. broadly, but you would probably find older people yes. would, would enjoy liver kidney, yes. um, brains. A friend of mine recently wrote uh, on Facebook about eating lamb's brains. No, you'd have to hide it in a sausage for me. <laughs> <laughs> come yeah. on, come on, come on. Keep, keep trying, come on. What okay, are you going to uh, get me interested in? Um, okay, I'm going through my list right now. This is thing called okoi. It's like little shrimp, uh, uh, deep-fried little tiny shrimp, like in like uh, cake form, turon. What's that? Which is basically like it's fried uh, bananas in like a wrapper. Oh, that's quite good. Yes, yeah, yep. popular here. A lot of travellers tend to steer away from the, tre- the street food because they're worried, particularly in Asian countries, that they'll get a dose of yeah. the, the, the squirts. I, I, I can kind of understand that, you know. Um, but in our experience, we've never had any um, – nothing's ever happened to us. And actually, it's weird because I was just telling really, you know, how come whenever we travel, we're always so gung-ho about street food? You know, everywhere we go, street food here, street food that. But in the Philippines, we don't because – in our minds, we think it's dirty, you know, which is kind of unfair because everywhere else we, we eat it, but not here. So that's actually why I wrote that article, which I showed you before, because, you know, I, I, I wanted to dispel the myth that it is unhygienic. So a lot of it is just in our heads. But do you follow any rules when you're traveling about street food? Do you try and follow some hygiene rules? Do you look for the busy stall? Do you take hand sanitizer with you? I mean, every place we visit is, is, is researched beforehand. So I know it's like a good place. It's popular. So, you know, if I, if I figure, you know, a lot of people say it's good, then it must be good and it's safe. Well, thanks for writing the article for World Nomads. We look forward to sharing it. There's a photo on your website. Is that you eating some sort of worm? Yeah, that's me. That's in the Philippines. That's uh, called Camilok. It's actually, you know, it, it's, it looks like a worm, but it's actually a clam. It eats wood. Uh, it lives in the mangroves in uh, Palawan. It eats wood. It's actually quite good. Yeah, it's, it's very milky. It tastes like an oyster. Thanks so much for chatting to us, JB. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. So no go on the balloon, fill the fertilised duck no, egg. No, I'm sorry. I can't do it. We were discussing this 
uh, around the office the other day at lunchtime and it's like, how much would you, you know, how much do I have to pay you to eat one of those? No, can't do it. No amount of money. No amount of money. But, I no. No, I couldn't do it. Pierce that works with us said he could for a thousand. Yeah. <laughs> Isaac, who is, also works for World Nomads, has actually tasted Balut and not a fan. Not a fan. We said, what did, have you done it? And he's gone, nodded his head. And then shook it and went, no. <laughs> we will have a photo of Balut plus <laughs> links to uh, the the blog in our show notes. But what's travel news for this episode? Okay, the pilots of a Vietnam Airlines Airbus A320 have been suspended after landing their aircraft on a runway that was still under construction. <laughs> During the oh. flashing lights from the trucks would have been anyway. Oh. The flight from Ho Chi Minh City landed on a new yet to be open parallel parallel runway at Nha Trang Airport. But there are no taxiways <laughs> connecting the runway with the terminal. The company's not quite sure how they're going to get the plane back in the air yet. Springtime in Nepal and that means the route to the top of Mount Everest is going to be busy. The Nepal government has issued 346 permits to ascend the summit this climbing season. With guides, Sherpas and what have you, that means a procession of 700 or more people heading to the roof of the world. Interestingly, and I didn't know this, there's another 180 climbers who are attempting to reach the summit from the Tibet side. That used to be closed off. You never used to be able to get in there because of the China-Tibet debate. Yeah. Anyway, the Chinese government is spending millions to encourage climbers to assault the summit from their side, including the construction of an airport and hospital just 180 k's away from the bottom of the mountain. Back oh, back over on the south side, the, Nepal, the Nepali side, getting to base camp is a 10 to 12 day trek. But in Tibet, the Chinese have constructed a sealed road that leads to within a, just a few kilometres no. of base camp at 5,200 metres. What do you make a road. of that? A road to but well maybe maybe you and I might be able to do it or achieve it. Yeah, <laughs> I did base camp one way. afternoon. Yeah, uh, Hawaii wants to ban sunscreens containing certain chemicals because it's damaging the reef and mar- reef and marine environment. The chemicals are said he putting on his best uh, chemical professor voice, oxybenzone. That one's all right, and octinoxate, octinoxate. And they're in popular brands like Banana Boat and Coppertone and many of the other ones as well. Anyway, yeah. watch out for that. The bill's before the Hawaiian uh, Parliament right now. A tea seller on an Indian train service has been fined for using water from the toilet. Mm. According to The Guardian, the vendor on the Chennai Hyderabad Express was caught after video was posted online of him emerging from the toilet mm. with cans used to serve tea and coffee to passengers. A bit of flavour to the tea. Oh, yuck. Well, over the past... Thank you for that. That's travel news. Over the past couple of months, we've been running a hugely successful campaign called the World Nomad Summer Road Trip. We're sending two winners and their travel buddies on the ultimate four-week summer road trip through either the US or Europe, and they get to experience each destination by visiting local cultural and music festivals along the way. Plus, each winner and their companion will receive free flights, free travel insurance, van rent, itinerary planning, some awesome travel gear and $6,000 in spending money for their adventure. Pick me, please. Mm, Well, Phil and I are thrilled to be calling the winners. Freya from Australia, who's off to Europe, and Dania from Illinois, who will get to further explore the USA. Let's have some fun, Phil. Okay. Hey, Dania. Hello. It's Kim and Phil from World Nomads. Just another loop you've got to jump through. Sounds great. We've just got one concern with your sure. entry. 
that you've put down, and we know there's a lot going on in your life, you're changing jobs, <laughs> your husband's move, and you've put down your husband, your best friend or your sister, and we're just a little bit concerned that that could cause some sort of internal controversy within your family. Aw, you guys are so sweet. Um, <laughs> well, after I talked to my husband about it yesterday, um, We've been apart for about two months now, and we don't do much traveling together, which is what I was talking to. To Pierce, yeah, Pierce is part of the part of the team. Yeah. yeah. So you'd take your husband, would you? I believe so. We haven't had an an opportunity to go on like an actual trip that wasn't, you know, spending five days visiting family in a very strategic order to make sure we make uh, meet everyone. But we haven't really gotten to wander together. Well, as we said, we're concerned about your welfare and. I've got a really big concern about this because you and your husband are going to be spending four weeks together travelling around a van. You've won. <laughs> are you going to kill each other in four weeks, do you think? Or No, no, no. Uh, maybe. But no. <laughs> no. You have. You have won. You actually have won. Congratulations. Wow. Where are you going to go? Where, where did you plan to travel? Around the US? Absolutely, yes. Um, there's so many places I haven't seen yet. Um, but we were talking about maybe hitting Florida, which is a place neither of us has been to, and maybe just driving up the coast or uh, going to the Badlands up in South Dakota. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> that is tremendous. Hello, this is Freya speaking. Hey, Freya. Uh, my name's Phil Sylvester. I work at World Nomads. How are you going? Good, thanks. How are you? I'm all right. You got a minute to talk? Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, listen, I just uh, about your entry. I've just got a couple more questions to ask about yeah. the road trip entry. I know you're yeah. um, 19 years old. Do you have a driver's license? Yeah, I do. Okay, and, and you're aware, of course, that uh, you're going to need if you win, you're going to need six months validity on your passport. So I'm just making sure you got all those things. Sorted. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Can you just hang on a second? I've just got my colleague Kim. She just wants to ask you something as well. Hi, I'm from the emotional department here at World Nomads, just making sure that if you were to win this trip, that uh, emotionally you'd be intact. I know you said you wanted to take your mother. Um, yep. At 19, if she's not available and you go with your 22-year-old sister, is there going to be an issue with being homesick or, did, or feeling... No, no, that's fine. I've been overseas before. You have been overseas before? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, would you like to go overseas again? Yeah, I would. Well, congratulations. You're off oh. to Europe. You're the winner. You're the winner. <laughs> Oh, my gosh, thank you so much. <laughs> you got to go to Europe. Wow, thank you so much, guys. Um, you're, waiting, you're trying to catch a train? Yeah. <laughs> you're so, at the train station. Do a little dance on, yeah, this, on the platform. Yeah. Come on. Actually, yell out to everybody, I I'm just want a trip to Europe. <laughs> Can you do that for us? I'm on the train. <laughs> that doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, uh, yay. Doors yeah. closing. This is so good. I've never won anything. Great. Well, just <laughs> mind the gap. And what did you think of what was what was my department? The em- emotional department. I'm just sitting here gobsmacked. Going, is that a joke? Of course yes. it is. We don't have an emotional department. You know what's wrong I'm with the world today? What's wrong with the world today? She believed you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. There probably is a company with an emotional department. Where do you think you're going to go? Have you have you thought about where you might go? Um, I really want to go to Spain. Thank you so much, guys. Congratulations, guys. A huge thank Thanks to our sponsors too, Road Trippers, Toad & Co, STA Travel, Auto Europe and, of course, World Nomads. Phil, it's that time of the episode, your quiz question. Why is the Philippines called the Philippines? Ferdinand Magellan. 
arrived in the Philippines in 1521, Spanish bloke. Uh, that's starting uh, the you know the 377 year uh, colonisation of the Philippines by the Spanish, and the islands were named for King Philip II of Spain. And I, that's a, I approve. That's King <laughs> Philip, of course. This is your destination. That's it. This is your destination. Well, that wraps it up, our episode on the Philippines. Please subscribe, rate, share on iTunes. In fact, it's nice to see some ratings going up there now. And Thank you. We're at five stars, which is good. Google Play, Stitcher, find us on Spotify and iHeartRadio, and also contact us by emailing podcast at wellnomads.com. Next, our featured destination, Phil, what is it? It's Mongolia. Oh, a super interesting place. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye. The World Nomads Podcast. Explore your boundaries.